hello, 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 test, test, test. This is Cynthia talking to you. Welcome to the Sasha Photography Podcast. I have here Cynthia Gregory. She's a professional wedding officiant. She works as a deputy marriage commissioner at San Francisco City Hall, and she also marries private clients. And I'm finally fortunate enough to have her here in the studio. She is a fascinating person, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. I generally just want to get to know you because okay. we see each other in a super professional capacity. Uh, when, when we see each other at City Hall in passing, you're wearing a black robe, and I've always wanted to like know, you know the woman behind the robe. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, I... Um... I did my first wedding years ago because a friend of a friend had asked me. So back then I was working and it was fun. I had a really good time with the couple, but I was working in a pretty stressful IT job. I was in IT for years, um, was one of the first telephone installers in the city and then worked my way into installing systems for businesses and ended up working for Levi Strauss as an IT project manager and handling their telecom. So... After years of that, uh, my husband was chomping at the bit for me to retire so I would produce another play for him. So I, I did that, produced a play for him, worked on the Obama campaign, and then I was thinking, okay, now what? I want to do something that's fun. So I, remembering the experience I'd had with the wedding and how much I enjoyed it, I thought, I, I think I'll see if I can volunteer at City Hall and see if I like it. So I being down their door, you had to, you know, they don't need very many volunteers. Nobody quits. So I kept sending them emails, sending them emails, and then finally um, went down in person and talked to Maribel. And so then uh, got on as a sub. And after about a year of being a sub, I thought, hmm, I think I really love this. And so I put up a website, Yelp page, uh, started doing weddings privately at City Hall and other locations. And so it's, my husband says, you're not really retired, you're still working. So, but it's part-time because I only do what I want. I only work with clients that fit into my schedule and that I feel something about, so. So you were actually an understudy for some time, like an understudy wedding officiant. Right, when you first start, you start off, um, uh, they train you at City Hall. You do the oath of office, swearing to uphold the Constitution. Then they let you start doing your first weddings. And um, then I was taking a subs shift and worked my way into a regular shift. So, yeah, so it was um, a gradual thing. But the, the weddings at City Hall, as you know, when, when someone walks in there and they have a civil service, it's very cut and dried. Um, even though you can make an amazing connection with a person in that very short period of time, it's so much more fun to work with couples when they find you, they hire you, you spend time with them, customize a, a ceremony, make it fit them. Right. So, I mean, I have actually, I have couples that I am Facebook friends with that I married at City Hall. I made such a connection with them. I'm seeing their kids grow up on Facebook and that kind of thing. But it really is a lot of, a lot of fun to do something where you can work with the couple and do something really individual. Yeah, I mean, you get to intersect 
with a couple for for just a few brief moments. And mm -hmm. as we know, these San Francisco City Hall ceremonies are like three minutes long. Right. And you've got your you've got your official binder with your official script. And I even know there's this great moment where during the ceremony check in when the the couples are in the county clerk's office, mm -hmm. uh, as the officiant, you ask them, "Are you going to exchange rings?" Right. And when I first started working in City Hall many years ago, I always wondered like. Why that question? Like, why is it important for the officiant to know whether they're going to exchange rings in the office? And then I realized it's because there is a script yes. and you have to, uh, you know, if they're going to exchange rings, you have to then uh, refer to another portion of the script, right? Right. You have to put in those lines. So, yeah. So you, you have to know what to leave out and what to add. Uh, I also ask couples what they want me to call them. Uh, we do a lot of same-sex weddings at City Hall. So do you want me to use the word husband, wife, spouse, partner? You know, say you're legally married, whatever um, you know they want. So I do that with the couples so that I can make it fit what, what's happening, what the situation is. A lot of couples don't exchange rings at City Hall because they're later doing a big ceremony with their families and friends. You know, at City Hall, you can only have a limited number of guests. And I've actually, that's been fun too. I've gotten couples who have asked me then to come and do their big ceremony. I had one on New Year's Eve up at a winery in Napa, um, you know, and I had met them. I had actually told them, no, I could not do their ceremony because it was in Napa on New Year's Eve. Right. And when I met them at City Hall by chance, they said, oh, you're the lady who said you couldn't do our ceremony. And I said, oh. I like you. I'll do it. <laughs> so, That's a big commitment. New it was. Year's Eve nap. I mean, what right. what is your typical New Year's Eve look like? Do you go out and I, party? No, no. It's uh, home with my husband. I We usually do some crab, have some champagne and salad. Uh, we don't like to get out with all the drinkers. So, um, right. you know, early to bed. But I just got a hotel room up there, and we went to a restaurant that we've been trying trying to get into for a while. That right. we were never up there on a Saturday evening when they were open, and they were closed for lunch when we drive by. So we had a, a really good time. Okay, um, so you didn't so, have to like when you broke the news to him that you're going to <laughs> do officiate a New Year's Eve wedding. Uh, sorry, right. no crab, no champagne for us this year. <laughs> but you brought him with you. I did. Okay. I brought him All with right. me, and he had a good time. So yeah. Well, that's that. That makes me feel a little bit better about how to. You know. <laughs> but yeah, usually I avoid holidays. Uh, you know, my book club, things things that are personally important to me because this is not about money for me. So um, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it sounds like it's. I mean, it's obviously not about money because you uh, volunteered to be <laughs> a city hall officiant. Right. And again, that's one thing that when I, many years ago when I started working in city hall, I didn't really understand that the people that work there, they're all volunteers. No, people don't know that at all. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention it, and they're like, really? They're like, <laughs> well, why well, would you? <laughs> because it's fun. It's yeah. joyful. You know, it's like, it's a highlight of my week. I've got two things I do as a volunteer. I, I sing with a choir. Um, it's a very specialized choir. It's called the Threshold Choir. Okay. And it's women only. And we go in groups of two to three, and we sing at the bedsides of people who are in hospice or dying. So working, doing weddings really balances this other activity of working with the people who are dying. So it's like I feel like my life has a good balance. 
Wow, that that is a very. Unex- <laughs> You're looking at me like. <laughs> that's a very unexpected uh, place. I didn't. I didn't huh. realize that. That um, I actually didn't even realize that something like that exists. We've been around. The choir was started about ten years ago by a woman up in Marin, and now there's over a hundred choirs throughout the country and a couple in Canada, and um, we sing at uh, Laguna Honda Hospice. Um, Zen hospice, coming home hospice, and people will contact us and we'll go to their homes. And, you know, it's like I said, small groups, two to three, sing in harmony, blend your voices so it sounds very soothing. And, um, you know, the idea is to help someone feel peaceful as they're passing. So, yeah, so it's uh can be very intense. Yeah, I mean, you, you're there like when that person is basically passing sometimes sometimes um oftentimes not because we schedule the time to go with the family or with the hospice so we'll you know be there and they might die a few days later um but we do you know one of my choir members when a woman who got me into it her husband died last year and so we sang to him a lot and we just go to his house and, and sit there and sing and then after he died we all gathered and sang again. So, you know, it was just a nice way to say goodbye to him after we had had that relationship, singing to him for weeks at a time. Wow. Yeah. Is it um, something that the person who is dying, is it something that they ask for, or is it sometimes on their behalf their relatives will ask for um, They We don't sing to people who don't want to be sung to. So when I do go to a hospice, we, when we go in the room, we ask the person if they're not conscious and a family member is there or a staff member, we'll check in with them. Uh, so we don't want to sing to someone who doesn't want that. And um, we'll also check in about what kinds of songs they want. Some people don't want the soothing lullaby. They want to hear the old standards that they loved when they were young. So, you know, we'll break into blue skies or... Uh, sunny side of the street or something like that um how how big is your repertoire uh we have hundreds of songs <laughs> so hundreds of songs that we've we learn um and we basically have a list of about 30 that are our usual songs that we know that you know if i have three singers i i know somebody knows the high part somebody knows the melody and i often sing the low so um we know that we have three people who can sing the different parts and we can harmonize. And then if they want the old standards, we just pull out a list of, you know, a song sheet with a bunch of lyrics on it and we'll just sing whatever they want. Well, do you have to rehearse then on a regular basis with those people? Yeah, we, we rehearse every Monday. So, you know, we have about 25 to 30 people who show up for rehearsals. And um, so we'll run through our songs and then sometimes where we have a performance kind of get our name out uh, we perform sometimes in churches uh, at memorial services things like that i feel like it's a big privilege to be present for different parts of somebody's life cycle right like as a photographer i you know i get to uh officiate uh, officiate i get to photograph people's Right. weddings uh-huh. uh, and uh, from that stem a lot of other things because after I photograph somebody's wedding 
uh, a couple of years later, they come back to me and they say, oh, hey, by the way, we're, you know, we're pregnant and we want to do a maternity right. shoot. Yes. Uh, then we've got a baby and then we've got right. family photos. Uh -huh. And so it, uh, and then, uh, you know, a few years ago, somebody said, oh, uh, you know, my daughter's having a bar, bar mitzvah. Ah. So as you start to get involved in all these parts of somebody's life cycle. And I right. actually have thought a lot about what that looks like and what that relationship looks like. But the one thing that never occurred to me was what you just spoke about, which is to be there for somebody in their last days or their last moments. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> it is. And actually when when our friend died, um, one of their good friends is a photographer. And so after he had died and uh, we all gathered a, a group of women gathered to wash his body and lay him out. And she photographed that. And she's done an amazing project called Morpheus uh, about that process and how he looked, you know, when, when we finished and he was, had, we'd wove flowers into his beard and uh, he had them all wrapped in a shroud and all of that. And he was looking very distinguished. And so she got some amazing, beautiful shots and they've been in some shows. So um, that is something that, you know, back in Victorian times, people would photograph the dead because oftentimes they didn't have a photograph of them from before. It was an unusual thing to have photographs. So um, I think that's coming back again, maybe. Photographing the dead is coming back? I think it might be. You know, it was it was really interesting because uh, she was very unobtrusive as we were doing this. And um, I, uh, she did all black and white and some uh, filters and things like that. So it had kind of a mysterious look. Uh, just a few moments back, you said how when you started working at City Hall, uh, there's this script, there's this very sort of defined thing that you have to say to the couples. And you like being outside that box and working with couples on a more personal level because you don't have to read from the script. You can right. customize the ceremony. Yes. And that's what I was going to ask you about sort of um, the, the joy of the work and staying inspired and, and connecting with couples, how do you how do you find a way around through the prescribed text that you have to be reading? Mm -hmm. And you have just a few moments. I mean, you, you connect with a couple like for a brief second when you're in the county clerk's office and you check in with them. And then you have three, four minutes with them during the ceremony. Like it's such a small amount of time and you're already committed to reading a, a certain text that you have to read. So how do you infuse like your own personality, your own emotion in, into that? Well, one of the things is, uh, I don't know if you realize, but each commissioner has, they can customize the script a little bit themselves. Yes. So after I got the original script from them, I looked at it and I thought, you know, I want to add a little bit here. I want to change the wording there a little bit. Um, just make sure I'm covering the legalities, but I, it didn't flow the way I liked it. So I made some changes and I have it memorized now. And because I have it memorized, once I step into that little circle there, I, and I make eye contact with them, um, then I, I don't have to worry about the words. So to me, it's all about keeping that eye contact and the, um, and the feel of the intimacy of being in that little circle together as we do this magic spell to make them married that you know that is such a 
a powerful and, and intimate moment. So I, I find I can, I can do that. And it's, it's just amazing to me that in that very short time, you can make that connection and kind of ignore everything else. It's a public building. People are going by. Things are happening. There are tourists. But all of that kind of fades away. And it's just like we are just in this little bubble where we're doing what's important in this moment. We really are being in the moment. And that's why I think when I, I leave, sometimes I'm tired. I get to City Hall and I'm like, oh, gosh, here I go again. I'm tired. By the time I leave, I have so much energy. I feel like I've just gotten back all of this from each couple that I've encountered while I've been there. You have to give a lot of yourself to make their day a success. You have to, in some sense, like tweak your emotional level to where they are. And I, again, I think it's, it's cool that we're kind of on the same wavelength because we both enter a couple's world for just a brief amount of time. Right. And then you, you have to like quickly, you know, some of the couples I work with, uh, we have long uh, uh, preparation in advance. We have long conversations about it. Other couples reach out to me on really short notice. And, the, you know, the mm -hmm. first time I see them, I meet them at the bottom of the stairs in the building. And I have just a few brief moments to make an impression, to connect with them and uh, to gauge their where they are emotionally or you know are they stressed out right are they like totally relaxed and they couldn't care less you know because uh -huh. it's all over the place right exhausted yeah. i've had couples yeah. that are so tired they've you know they got up at 6 a.m for makeup and all this kind of thing and by the time they get to the ceremony they're exhausted i had one bride she had her head down on the table in the room while she's waiting <laughs> and i'm thinking oh you poor dear. But, um, you know, they, they are all over the place. Some yeah. of them are just super excited and just ready to go. And others are nervous, so nervous, you know, sweat dripping. <laughs> Some of the guys particularly, but. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that? You've seen guys with like sweat dripping yes. down their face? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have to laugh because my own husband was that way when we got married. <laughs> He looked like he was, you know, he, he literally had sweat dripping down his face. Was it a, were you indoors? Was it a it, hot room? We were at the, um, the, the conservatory in Golden Gate Park. The conservatory of flowers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where it's, uh, you know, it's a big greenhouse there and it, it had been warm the day before for the rehearsal, but the day we got there, they had opened the windows a little bit. So it was cooler, but he was just very nervous. Second wedding for him, first for me, and he was like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> so. Do you think about that when you marry other couples? Do you go back and reference your own wedding ceremony? Sometimes I do. And, and um, I think about that. I think about um, kind of renewing my own vows while I'm up there saying these, these vows for these couples. Um, you know, if we've had a fight, I think about, well, wait a minute. We said these words to each other and, you know, we made this commitment. So it, it does. I come home and I feel warmer towards him if we've had a fight earlier in the day or something. So it's good. I think it's good for my marriage. And uh, yeah. It's good for your marriage to be a wedding To be a wedding officiant. Yeah. A wedding yeah. <laughs> I had no clue when I started it. But. It 
so you said that there was there was literally like there came a point where you had uh, retired from a stressful IT job right. and you just thought, oh, I want to, you know, I want to do something fun. And you're like, hey, I'll volunteer at San Francisco City Hall. Was there like, you know, how when you fill out a form online and they say, uh, how did you hear about us? Was it Google? Was it the Yellow Pages? Was it, uh, you know, word of mouth? How did you come upon this idea? Did it just like appear to you or? Well, um, I had, I think I'd read an article at talked about people getting married at City Hall. And I thought, you know, if I want to do a lot of weddings, that's the place to do it. And, um, you know, the, the building itself is so beautiful that I, you know, it's feels great to be there and to work there. So as soon as I got the idea, you know, I started emailing Maribel and that she was like, oh, we don't need anybody. We, we've got it. We have everyone we need. And I thought, oh, shoot. So I emailed her again a month or two later. And then I was down at City Hall anyway for something else. And I thought, I'm just going to walk in and talk to her. And so I walked in. I introduced myself. I said, I've been emailing you. And she's like, oh, well, okay. Because I think she, by that, you know, by me going in there, she heard me speak. She knew I was presentable, so I wasn't just a, a name in an email. So she said, "Yeah, let's let's try you out as a as a sub." So, what year was that when you? Uh, that was, I've been doing this over seven years. So yeah, so it was about eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. Because I was about to say that, um, based on how busy things are at City Hall now. Uh-huh. Uh, I would be really surprised if somebody came to them and said, hey, we want to be a marriage commissioner, volunteer. And they would say, nah, we have enough people because it's, it's so busy. It's so busy. It's really busy. And with the new person who's in charge now, um, she's trying to do some new things to bring in more. I don't know if you heard what happened on Valentine's Day. What happened? Um, she decided she was going to take walk-ins, which, you know, we don't take walk-ins at City Hall. And she was going to put out the word that if you want to get married on Valentine's Day, come on down. And so she got extra volunteers to come in and set up in the light court spaces for people to, you know, and did a whole check-in procedure that was different. So she was able to get another like 80 couples married that day by doing this. So, and she's going to do it Gay Pride week weekend um, on that Friday. She's going to open it up again and have the same kind of a setup because a lot of people come into town for that. So. And did it work? Yeah. Like I said, 80, 80 couples who would not have been able to get married that day, and it's a popular day. And, it was, and, and the process worked smoothly. Yeah. You were able to handle it. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I noticed, and I don't believe this has ever happened before, is mm -hmm. when I came in, it was maybe a couple of days before Valentine's Day, there was an arch with flowers and little lights above the right the check-in spot in the office yeah and a big flower arrangement just make it more festive she's she really wants to do things like that and she started as soon as she started she realized we have two commissioners who've been working there for 20 years wow and so she decided that we needed some rec recognition so she set up a lunch and she had the Board of Soups, do certificates, and that's how I realized I had been doing this seven years because I hadn't really kept track, and I get this certificate, you know, seven years plus, you know, doing this, and I'm, oh, great. <laughs> so, 
Do you yeah. have to commit to a certain number of weddings in a day? Well, you have to commit to a certain number of hours. So we have these, we have various shifts. So the shifts range from one hour to two, um, occasionally a two and a half hour shift. And um, so you commit to a shift on a certain day. And then once you get in there, you're ready to go for, you know, it's six weddings every hour. So you need to keep up with your count. Because if you get behind, then that puts the person behind you, right. behind to start with. And yeah. So so how many, you think you probably do what, like a dozen weddings? I do a dozen. I, I go in, right now I'm going in every other Friday. And uh, so I'll do 12 couples in that time period. And maybe once in a while, 13. My record, I think, was uh, the day that the they had the Giants Parade. Um, it was a Friday and I was afraid I, I would get, I would be late and I have this thing about being late. So I got there really early. I got there at 10 o'clock and I wasn't supposed to start till noon. And the person who was supposed to start at 10 had not shown up. So I just started and I worked until one thirty. So I think I married uh, around 19 couples that day. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. I, I was there that day. I remember oh, yeah. it really well because it was it was uh, raining, right? And it was crazy, right? Um, and I had a, a couple there, and I don't remember. I have to look back and see what time their ceremony was, but it's quite possible that they were one of your record number they on that day. Been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. that was a totally insane day, but but it was fun. The energy is always great. Uh, but uh, by the time I was done with nineteen, I was a little tired. Pretty tired. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it is it is intense, you know, and you absorb some of that emotional intensity from the couples and also their families, I think, because right. it can get really good. You know, some people, let's be honest, some people abide by the six-person rule that's specified on the uh -huh. website. Uh-huh. And then there are others. Who push it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, I, yeah. and I've seen, um, I know, like, I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of other uh, colleague photographers uh, that also work in City Hall uh, tell me, uh, yeah, I was watching you, you know, work with your couple and uh, you keeping everybody in line. They're like almost afraid of you. Like everybody, you know, <laughs> like you're giving people directions and all the families just like, oh, they're doing whatever you tell them. Right. Um, and I, I feel like that's that's an important part of my job is to, to help guide people. You know, I'm not yeah. trying to like discipline people, but uh -huh. City Hall is a chaotic building. Uh, it can be a little bit of a crazy process if you uh, let a large family group accidentally go into the hallway, you know, where the county right. car, it gets totally insane. And uh -huh. I, I always tell couples, like, tell your families in advance. I'm going to ask them to not go into the hallway. Right. Nothing will happen in the hallway. Exactly. They will not miss the ceremony. We are not trying to <laughs> make them miss it. Oh, it's just paperwork. We're just meeting with a commissioner. Like, we will come back out. We will get you. And 50% of the time they listen mm -hmm. and then the other 50 percent of the time especially if it's running a little bit behind schedule uh the family starts to get anxious and they right. think that uh you know they're missing something and so they start kind of like leaking into that hallway and before you know it now you have all the you know right um and then nobody can hear when their number gets called and yeah and then the families will sometimes come in while i'm trying to check in and 
you'll all of a sudden have this whole big group there and I'm, uh, I just need the witnesses. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and they'll ask a couple about the rings and they start to pull them out thinking that we need them right now. I'm no, in a few yeah. minutes. <laughs> so. Yeah. We, we have to constantly remind ourselves, uh-huh. uh, we do this all the time right? and we know the process extremely well. Yeah. And then we see a, a couple or a family and they have like no idea what's going on exactly. and they feel totally overwhelmed. Uh-huh. If it was just an administrative process and not their wedding day, they'd be overwhelmed, but you add all that emotion and everything on top of it. Sure. Uh, you know, so it's so, it's so important what you do because I feel like I see a, a marked change in couples before they go into that office and meet with you and then after they leave the office and uh, they've met with you like uh, that point where they just like meet with you like totally puts them at ease because now they're like oh okay like she's she seems like a nice person and yeah. I, I actually oftentimes and i'll tell you this they get up from the two chairs uh-huh. and they you know, they walk out of the office and as they turn to each other, literally one of them will turn to the other and say, oh, she seems really nice. Oh, she looks really nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, well, the black robe can be off-putting. <laughs> People think you're this illegal, you know, you're going to fuss at them or something if they make a mistake. But, <laughs> but you know, that's actually the thing I'm proudest of on my Yelp reviews is people say I'm kind. And I really like that, that they think I'm kind. Because, yes, you don't want somebody who's mean when you're trying to get married. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and you want to maintain as much positive energy as you possibly right. can. So injecting your own positive emotions into that really, really helps as well. Uh-huh. So, okay, so when you were, like, let's say we rewind and, and it, uh-huh. you know, you were 25 years old or something. I'm just going to pick a number out of a hat. Okay. Could you ever have imagined that now you would be doing this, you would be marrying people? Absolutely not. I have to tell you, when when I was young, I was really shy. Um, when I graduated from high school, they were having the graduation speeches, and they sent a letter to the house because they picked, like, the top 10 students and said, you can try out to give a graduation speech. And I didn't realize they were going to send this to my house, and I had this big fear. I, and my mother saw it, so she made me try out. So of course I sat there with my paper in front of me, reading a speech. You know, thinking, "Please don't pick me. Please don't pick me." <laughs> I could not have imagined that I would be standing in front of sometimes hundreds of people, meeting new people all the time, and feeling really comfortable with it. Um, I don't know, something changed as I got older and I realized, um, well, one thing is I have this philosophy of if I'm afraid of something, I need to make myself do it. So as I was working through my career, if there were opportunities to speak in public, I would volunteer and make myself do it. And I took classes, um, you know, professional classes on public speaking and things like that. And got videotaped and things, you know, learned some things. And I just, and then I worked in a job where I was teaching um, and I would go out to different plants that Levi had and I would teach them a process of how to deal with disasters. And I didn't know anybody when I showed up and I would be there for two days teaching them, you know, this process. And I realized, hey, there's no, nobody's gonna hurt me. I'm fine. So the first time I did it, 
sweat was dripping down my back. Literally, I was sopping wet. Um, by the time I finished, it was fine. It's like people enjoy learning something new from me and they want it. They want me to do well. Um, and then I took singing classes uh, as I was getting ready to retire. I signed up for some singing classes at City College, thinking it was going to be choir, and it was not. It was individual performance. <laughs> and after, I loved it. You got videotaped for your midterm and your final. You worked with an accompanist. You worked up two songs for each, you know, each time period. Uh, the teacher was a former opera singer, so we had to sing in foreign languages. Um, Sometimes it was almost always solo, but sometimes a duet or a trio. And she was like, no mics, sing to the back of the room. Uh, you learn to project your voice. So after doing that for several years, because I just loved it so much, I have, I have to tell you, I, I, I at first was very nervous about it and didn't love it. and was thinking I'm in the wrong place. And then she brought in a, an acting for, for singers teacher. And... I didn't sign up that day, but she had extra time. So at the end of the class, she says, well, has anybody else got something to work on? And I said, well, yeah, me. And um, she says, okay, what are you singing? And I said, oh, I'm singing Black Coffee. She says, okay, come down here. The piano player started playing. I started singing. She goes, stop, stop, stop. I'm like, okay. She says, climb on the piano, lay on the piano, look him in the eye and sing to him. And... <laughs> So I climbed on the piano and I'm laying there. I'm looking him in the eye. He's playing. I'm singing. And when I finished, everybody's like, yes, they're all applauding. And I had such a high. <laughs> I thought, oh, I love this. This is fun. So um, kind of got over my fear. And uh, the singing training was also great for being able to do a wedding without a mic in a big room. That's what I... I can speak up. People can hear me. I've done weddings outdoors where my husband was hiking around at the botanical gardens over in Berkeley. And there were, you know, I'm at the Arbor. There's a hundred guests. He's up in the hills. He says, I heard you. <laughs> so, so it's, it was, uh, it's been a process in my life that's opened me up. Wow. New, new possibilities. So. Could I ask you, and if you are not comfortable, then just say no. Okay. What, would you sing something just random oh. right now off the top of your head? Anything? I'm feeling kind of lonely, haven't slept a wink. I walk the floors and watch the doors, and in between I drink black coffee. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. That was really great. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, if people would believe me if I told them that here I have uh, Cynthia Gregory, wedding officiant, and she just uh, she also happens to be kind of a professional singer. <laughs> I don't. Well, you know, like now I just sing with the Threshold Choir. I don't really do those old jazz tunes anymore, but I love them. How, by the way, you mentioned uh, when we started talking your love of film noir. Right. How, how very film noir of you to uh, have to climb up on a piano and <laughs> sing. I know, isn't it? <laughs> it was great because 
when I directed uh, or produced my husband's play, and um, we it was set in a in a nightclub, nineteen thirty eight Chinatown, and we had a singer. We had actually two singers, so we got to audition two singers, and they sing um, "Slow Boat to China." So we were picking out all these beautiful little songs, and that was just so much fun to be part of that whole process. And uh, I love those songs. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, what fun. This is so uh, much fun. It is. Thank you for, uh, you brought like all this great energy in here. You, uh, within a few minutes, you're singing. This is amazing. No wonder you're able to connect with couples so quickly. Like there's clearly a, an energy about you that uh, is pretty great. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. Um, I, uh, I'm curious how many weddings, if you just had to ballpark it, how many weddings do you think you've officiated at this point? I kind of stopped counting at 3,000, and that was a couple of years ago. Um, you were still counting until you got to 3,000. <laughs> right. How did you count, just well, out of curiosity? I was, I was trying to take a picture of every couple, and, um, and then I would file them by year, and i say, okay, I did 400 that year. I did, you know... X number this year so I was trying to do that and now it's gotten so crazy at City Hall I don't take pictures anymore of the City Hall couples unless they're very unusual um, but I do take pictures of everyone who hires me privately so um, but I keep my little sheet from City Hall with the names of all the couples so if if I wanted to I could go back and count them up but um, you know every other week 12 couples and plus like last week, I had three couples who hired me privately, so quite a few, wow. quite a few. You said uh, now you take photos of couples that you consider unusual. Right. What is there a, a specific criteria for that, or what, what makes a couple unusual? To well, you? for the photograph, it might be what they're wearing. Like, you know, you get so many people coming into City Hall from various parts of the world, so you'll have beautiful saris. Or, uh, you know, sometimes it's, uh, I had a couple once who came right from Burning Man. <laughs> I mean, straight, they literally were covered in dust. <laughs> <laughs> so that's unusual. <laughs> you know what, you know what they say, by the way, because I've been to Burning Man seven times. Have you? <laughs> and I, I actually met my wife at Burning Man. Ah. Uh, well, we, I met her briefly before that, six months okay. before. But anyway, they say, uh, and this is well known, I think, among the people that are, are have gone to Burning Man or a part of that community, do not make any major life decisions <laughs> immediately after you have gone to Burning Man. <laughs> right. Well, this couple, it, they did not do that because they had their appointment with City Hall for their wedding. So they had already gotten their appointment before Burning Man, but their intention was to just come straight from the playa and and do their ceremony. So <laughs> They were literally like covered in dust. Oh, they, they were. hadn't showered. That, right. I think they'd, you know, driven in. It was a Monday and <laughs> a Monday afternoon. Here we go. So, wow. Yeah. Do you have their photo? Oh, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That is incredible. Uh -huh. I know. I, I remember, uh, especially my first couple of Burning Mans coming back from those. Uh, I was in no condition to do anything, <laughs> you know, for several days, let yeah. alone, uh, you know, muster up the energy for a wedding ceremony. 
they they did this they really committed they scheduled it beforehand so wow that is right. some, yeah. so that's a really interesting story do you have any other really memorable weddings that you've officiated well um i'm i'm thinking recently and this is about a well they just had their one year anniversary so it was a year ago i had a couple who wanted who wanted something very unusual um they were pagan with um satanic leaning and i'm open to whatever people want to do after i talk to them about what that meant um make sure it, there's no sacrifice right 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 no babies oh. yeah so um they explained it and i looked it up and did some research and i thought okay this is innocuous uh they're just using different words for what other people talk about as you know religious uh images so their wedding was at the Great American Music Hall, and the bride wore a black dress that was stunning. They're both into theater. Um, he's a stage manager and a stagehand. She came out with the fog machine going, and we had set up an altar on the, on the stage. We had gongs. We had swords. We had you know, candles and all kinds of things. And they actually used the sword later to cut the wedding cake. So the wedding was stunning. I mean, they were in all kinds of photo shoot things that are um, that have been done in different magazines and things like that. So they both looked fabulous. And uh, her bouquet was all these red um, uh, flowers that just against that black dress looked great oh i thought you were gonna say her bouquet was live snakes no or no. something like that. <laughs> no snakes <laughs> no animals were harmed in the making of that wedding ceremony <laughs> do you so this is it's such a different aesthetic this ceremony do you encounter couples that ask you specifically to wear a certain thing for their ceremony i do i do and um i mean i had one bride and and what's funny is her picture just showed up on the Huffington Post because she made her own dress and it was pale pink going to dark and and so they had a whole series of dresses that were unusual like that with the shadings and um, she I I showed her probably five different options of what to wear um, and ended up wearing I have a black velvet robe with a hood that has beads on it and things. I have some fit. I have a whole closet full of dress up clothes, <laughs> costumey kind of things. And um um crown with a moon. And uh so so she and then a green green dress underneath that. So a robe kind of green dress. Um I've had other brides tell me I just don't want black. So, okay, well, I've got, I can do white with red, white with blue, get, you know, tell me what your colors are, and I'll try to come up with something that'll match. But yeah, I've had a number of brides who say, well, my wedding's in the spring, and I really just don't want black. Right. So, yeah, so I'll have some options there. That's interesting. <laughs> I would love, I feel like I would love to uh, be able to uh, just like walk into your closet and see what you have in there. <laughs> But, you know, with the husband who was in theater and, you know, the guest room closet is basically one end is his stuff and the other end is mine. <laughs> and so, you know, we both like to dress up. So, And then yeah. I've got a stack of hat boxes 
that as tall as I am. Uh, you know, when you're doing noir, you've got to have hats. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm a, I, we have we have quite a hat collection as well, and I I think it's such an asset to just have those. Like you know, you uh -huh. can you need a hat, like there it is. And I my uh, my mom actually will frequently uh, tell me, oh, uh, can we borrow a hat? Like we're going to a thing. Like I'm sure you right. guys have a hat we can borrow. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. And you're in the right place because I feel like San Francisco is all about uh, dressing up for as sure. as much as possible for oh. any reason at all. Hey, yeah. I mean, even I, I don't know if you've ever been to Brides of March. I have. Yes. So me, me too. <laughs> in my funky wedding dress that I got at Goodwill. So. Oh, funny! You got a wedding dress at Goodwill, also. I got yeah. one. <laughs> okay. It was fifteen bucks. It was actually right. when when I was doing improv. Uh -huh. I was on my way to an improv rehearsal, and I was walking by a Goodwill store, and there was a wedding dress in the on a mannequin in the display, and I came in there, asked them how much it was, and they said oh, I was like fifteen dollars, and uh -huh. so I just bought it. Sure, I put it in a black trash bag, uh, brought it to the improv rehearsal, and I basically told everybody, uh, for our next show, we're going to do a photo shoot of all of us in the wedding dress. Ah. We are going to uh, use that as like our promotional material. So I think it was that weekend or the weekend after we all went to Baker Beach. It was six o'clock in the morning. It was, <laughs> I forget how many of us were in the group, like five or six. And we okay. and you all took, turns, took where... turns wearing the dress. Right. Uh, we, I brought a bottle of vodka for everybody. Oh, good. <laughs> Every, <laughs> that whoever, helps. <laughs> whoever was brave enough could take a swig of the vodka <laughs> Uh, we'll put on the wedding dress and, and get in the water. What we quickly re realized is that uh, the first person wearing the dress, that was the best uh, oh. you know, time to go because after that, you had to put on a uh, soggy, a wet dress. Yes. cold, wet wedding dress. <laughs> uh, and we did this like kind of Ophelia routine where people just like swam in the tide and like rolled around in the mud. And I just wow. took photos of everybody. You probably needed more than a swig of vodka. Yeah, it was so cold. <laughs> it was it was mercifully. I think it was some time of year in San Francisco, maybe in the fall or something, oh, when, when it was fair a little bit warmer, warmer. Uh, and the sun came through the fog early in the morning. So it was it was it made it a little better, but it was a very memorable thing, and that was the only time I've worn a wedding dress. But it was certainly <laughs> not one that I will soon forget. Right. <laughs> that was fun. I haven't done brides of or yeah, brides, brides of, of March. Uh, I've I've been in the vicinity and i saw it go by but right. i didn't yeah. wear the dress yeah yeah boy that's uh <laughs> yeah san francisco every opportunity but you haven't been to burning man right i have not okay no no i have friends who go practically every year but i've just never done it so that's still on my bucket list yeah well maybe you'll get there and i, I yeah. feel like city hall is actually kind of a little microcosm of that because if you just i always tell people uh, -huh. uh you know if they're uh, especially if they're visiting from out of town and they're going to get their marriage license at city hall like maybe a day or two before the actual ceremony i tell people like just stick around for a little while you right know, don't just get the license and leave like just stay in city hall for like half an hour 40 minutes and just people watch and just look right. around because there's so many different costumes and so many uh -huh. different sartorial choices and yes. uh, the weddings are like an accordion you know you have ones where like people bring full wedding parties and then you have the couple and the photographer only so it's just right. like very intimate and it's this whole gamut of choices that people make about how they want to celebrate their day right yeah friday i had uh, a wedding where they'd hired me privately and um the bride 
was Scottish. And so most of her family had come in from Scotland um, and almost all the guys were in kilts. It's a big variety of kilts, you know, very formal kilts. And so that was really fun. And then the next day on Saturday, a wedding at Stern Grove where half of them were Irish. And, uh, and of course, I ran into my hairdresser and <laughs> I had an Irish hairdresser for years and her husband was a construction guy and he'd done my deck. And so, you know, you do that. If that's what's interesting about doing weddings in San Francisco is you run into people you don't expect to see because it's in a way a small town. And so if you've been here a while, you'll run into people that you know from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I've actually married um, a good friend of my son one day at City Hall. He came in, uh, he sits down in front of me and I'm, I said, oh, hi. <laughs> you know, and he's like, don't tell your son. We, we haven't told our families. <laughs> this is a secret. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> do you have when you um when you're preparing to do the check-ins for the ceremony, you have a list of names, right? Right. Like a list of time slots. Yeah. Do you ever do kind of like look at it in in advance, try to get an idea of okay, how do I pronounce these names? How do I, I do? I always look at it at it in advance. I I try to get there at least fifteen minutes before my shift starts, and you know get my copy of the list and look through and see what names are going to be challenging. Because uh, you do not want to mispronounce the name, so I want to make sure that the couple gives me a nice phonetic pronunciation, so I can write it out and so I don't screw it up. When my mother-in-law died, the person they hired to do the memorial service mis mispronounced her name. He called her Jeannie through the whole ceremony, and her name was Jenny. <laughs> and we all kind of cringed every time he said it, but nobody. Nobody said, wait, stop. <laughs> That's not her name. <laughs> so it's like, no, don't say the name wrong. <laughs> That's quite a visual you've, you've painted. <laughs> I know because I can imagine that it's such a, 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 a solemn moment. You right. know, nobody's going to cut in and interrupt. Yeah. Same thing for the wedding ceremony, too. I actually had a ceremony at City Hall uh, maybe 10 days ago. Uh -huh. And the officiant that was there uh, during the ceremony accidentally called the bride Vanessa, oh. even though that wasn't anything close to her name, you know, and it's said, probably, yeah, been and a couple it, he did before or she did before. Probably yeah. it was something yeah. like that, you know. Uh -huh. And so, you know, since it's my job to photograph and observe people, I literally, you know, we said Vanessa, it was clearly didn't belong there and I was looking at everybody and I could see everybody like you said kind of like cringed or raised an eyebrow or whatever right. they just kept going through it and nobody said anything because they're like oh. this is a wedding ceremony you know I think maybe oh. some people chuckled or something like that yeah uh and and I felt like people uh stored up this uh you know this little bit of tension right like in music right there's notes that so yes. there's no wrong notes or whatever there's just tension and resolution and okay. this is the same thing like people I felt like they stored up this little bit of tension about the 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 officiant getting her name wrong, you know. Right. And after the ceremony ended, there were hugs and congrats and everything else. And I was like, "That's still there, you yes. know. That needs to be acknowledged." Right. <laughs> so I, I, so, so I was not corrected during the ceremony. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, I think gosh. it just kind of sailed past it. Ah. And uh, it might have been right at the end. Maybe that's yeah. why. And so we then 
you know, set people up for this for the photos. We were taking uh -huh. pictures, and I intentionally basically said, "Okay, now Vanessa, you come on over here," and everybody just you know, <laughs> everybody right. cracked up, and it was. You know, it was such an endearing moment because everybody understands that you, mistakes can can be made can and happen. things happen. Yes. I do it all the time too. Oh, yeah. Like I just uh, just today, there was a I was photographing a wedding and the bride had a friend of hers that was like kind of the friend that's in charge of like helping her with the dress and helping her with the flowers and they both had names that were three letters long, right? Oh, okay. Uh, like very like pithy names, and so you know when I photograph, I kind of like a part of my brain, the non-essential part of my brain shuts down. I don't think about where I park my car or where, you know, like you said, right. you. I think yeah. you were talking about that too. You're kind of like in the zone. Yes. And yes. sometimes the <laughs> names become non-essential as well. So I accidentally called the bride by her friend's name. name okay. And uh, I realized that I did it, but uh -huh. like, I was just like, I have to, you know, got to move past it. And uh, later, you know, the bride was like, oh, you know what you said? I said, yes, I, I remember. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, you're using the artist part of your brain because yeah, right. rather than the verbal. So yeah. That's right. That's right. That's the part that sometimes gets me in trouble. <laughs> oh man. So okay. Well, you've had some really interesting. You're like a real Renaissance woman, as it turns out. Oh. You you have so many interesting things that you do, uh, even though you're already retired. Like so. Actually, I feel like most of what we talked about uh, has been things that you do since you've retired versus before that you have this like incredibly colorful interesting life now but you're already just just kicking it basically it's, it's sort of <laughs> yeah. like my husband says you're semi-retired so i mean i really do every day i check for my messages and do all the paperwork involved and keeping track of my contract my contracts and all of that so um but i'm not working full time so that's that's really great and it's something that I get so much so much back from my when I worked in technology although I loved it the corporate work was so stressful I had a workaholic boss I felt drained all the time and this feeds me so it's like uh, total opposites you've you've gone through I feel like so many different incarnations in a way like so you <laughs> Not to get too punny about it, but you wear a lot of different hats. Uh, <laughs> I do, literally, and, yeah. <laughs> so how do you, like, when you when you meet somebody new, mm -hmm. uh, how do you introduce yourself? Oh, if they ask me what I do? Yeah. Oh, I well, I say I'm a wedding officiant. I don't say that I'm retired because I really don't feel retired. Um, and then I'll, I, I say I do volunteer work. So... Yeah, so I usually talk about that. Got it. When I was looking up your website and, and your Yelp uh, on Google, um, first thing I did, and probably the most obvious thing to do, is just to type in Cynthia Gregory, because you assume that uh, you know Google is going to geotarget your results to San Francisco and probably one of the few results. So I typed in Cynthia Gregory and hit find, and what came up with a whole long page of links about some ballerina. Oh yeah, named Cynthia Gregory. Right. Danced with the American Ballet Theater, and she used to come into town. And Herb Kane would always write about her, and someone would always cut it out and put it on my desk. <laughs> or I would call to make a, re a reservation back when she was she was danced in the seventies and eighties, and um, so I would 
I would call to make a reservation. Oh, are you the, the Cynthia Gregory? Well, yes, but I don't dance. <laughs> so, and I actually, I had, when the web first got to be a thing, I registered CynthiaGregory.com and she bought it from me. <laughs> did you, did you meet her personally? <laughs> no, uh, I got a, a letter from an attorney saying, uh, you know, she wants that website. And I said, well, is she the ballerina? And he says, yes. And I said, okay, well, I'll take the money, but I also want an autographed poster. So I got a poster of her doing Firebird. And and I'm a ballet fan, so that was great. <laughs> I've never seen her dance in person, but um, it was really nice to get that poster more than the money. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so cool. The fact that you got a call from her attorney. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah, I guess she wanted to be sure that I wasn't going to be putting up something because I don't think she ever actually used Cynthia Gregory. Oh, really? Oh, so it wasn't like a a, a business uh, thing. It was more right. of a, just a, a security blanket. Essentially. Probably, yeah, probably because oh. I I checked occasionally and I haven't seen her put up a website yeah. using that name. But yeah, so I said, okay, I'm Cynthia E. Cynthia dot E dot Gregory. Got it. <laughs> Do you know the story behind your name? Like behind how, your, my name? how your parents named you? Uh, yeah, I was named after my grandmother. So her name was Cynthia Elizabeth Hall was her maiden name. And I'm Cynthia Elizabeth Gregory. And I was my parents' first kid. And my dad had, you know, he idolized his mother. So he named me in her honor. And it, it's kind of nice because Cynthia is from the Greek and it means belonging to the moon. And Elizabeth means blessed by God. So I thought, okay, I've got the moon and the God. And it's like this great flow of energy in my name. Well, I know one of the things you, you had, when you sent me uh, the questions to think about was my advice for couples. Yes. And I did, I was thinking about that. And uh, I do have some advice. And that is one, choose vendors that you're very comfortable with, that you feel like you can work with well. Um, and the other is be flexible. Treat problems with humor and embrace imperfection. And then when I was thinking about that, embracing imperfection, I thought, wow, that's really good advice for a marriage as well as for your wedding day. Because we all need to be able to accept the imperfect in our partner and ourselves. So, and then for a practical thing, I've had couples do things like sand ceremonies, unity candles, things like that, and they didn't practice in advance, and little things will go wrong. And uh, like, you know, the, they didn't think about a funnel and they've got a tiny hole they're trying to get that sand into, or, um, oh, the candle to light the unity candles is down in this long glass tube. And so then when the mom puts her taper down there to light it, she puts it out. <laughs> so, so anything like that, I think couples need to practice. You know, if you're doing something that's going to require, a, you know, some fine tuning, you, you need to actually do it ahead of time. So that's, uh, and then remember why you're there. It's all about love. So that's my advice. Can I ask you how long you've been married? 
22 years plus. Okay. Yeah. And if you had to stretch your advice a little bit further and talk about, you know, after you say goodbye to the couple that you've married, um, you know, here's the advice for the rest of your lives and how to make your marriage last, what would you say? Remember, you don't have to say everything that's in your mind. <laughs> there are things that you need to let go of and just let go. I mean, that's more important than always, you know, oh, this is not right. I need to correct this. I need to fix this thing. Um, I think being able to live and let live in your relationship is more important than trying to constantly fix things. And I've seen a lot of people who get so wound up in, it's not perfect, it's not perfect, I have to fix our communication, I have to fix the way we do this or that together, and they destroy it. So, live and let live. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's a pretty good way to end it. Okay. Thank you so much for coming out here. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Cynthia. Oh, you too. This is really fun. It did go off in all kinds of directions that I had no clue we were going to go. So. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's kind of how it goes. I think about it. I don't know if you've, uh -huh. uh, and we can keep this on the record, off the record, doesn't matter, but I don't yeah. know if you've ever experimented with any sort of psychedelic substances. Uh, but I, I'll tell you from my own experience, I, uh, you know, I feel like when you take a psychedelic substance, if you kind of know what you're signing up for, uh, you know that you are going to open a door and you're not sure where it's going to lead you. Right. You know, and uh, I always, uh, for some reason, those experiences for me have always been kind of formative and kind of linked because uh, psychedelics and improvisational comedy, you know, they, they kind of have a lot in common because in both of them, you're kind of just like opening a door. You're saying yes, you know, in psychedelics, uh -huh. you're taking the red pill or whatever. In improvisational comedy, you're stepping out on stage or, you know, right. saying yes to somebody. And it just kind of goes somewhere, you know. Uh -huh. uh, so I've always, the one thing I've taken away from that is it's kind of amazing just to say yes to stuff and see where it takes you and not right. have, like you said, maybe just a minute ago about your wedding advice, to, to not have this idea of like a path, a funnel, a perfection about something. Just kind of like let it be open. Right. Uh, I feel like this has been pretty amazing because of that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm really surprised because, and, and you talking about your improvisation, that's a, a way of connecting to somebody and listening and reacting in the moment to what they say, and then you change what you're going to say. And um, so I feel like what we did here, it, it was much more improvisational improvisation blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it flowed more, <laughs> and i was expecting more structure so i'm i loved it it's great Good. thank you very much cynthia you're welcome Thanks for joining us on the Sasha Photography Podcast. You can find Cynthia's website. It's CynthiaEGregory.com. And you can also read her client reviews on Yelp. You can also check out 
thresholdchoir.org. That's the organization um, that uh, sings to people who are passing. And um, it's a fascinating project. It's a very interesting website, so check that out. And um, Cynthia was talking during the interview about that crazy Halloween day several years ago where she married something like 19 couples in one day. And as it turns out, I was there and I did photograph a wedding and I did capture her in uh, one of my photographs. So you can head over to sashaphoto.com slash podcast to see that picture as well as uh, another photo of Cynthia performing a ceremony at City Hall and a picture of Cynthia here behind the microphone in the studio. Next week, we will have a past Sasha photography couple here on the podcast. They will reflect on their wedding experiences and uh, their wedding wisdom that they learned. So I'm definitely looking forward to that and I hope you will join us. You can find Sasha Photography Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or however you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please do share it with a friend and leave us your feedback. See you next week.